You're listening to Inclusive AF with Jackie Clayton and Katie Van Horn. Everybody, this is Jackie Clayton. And this is Katie Van Horn. And welcome to the Inclusive AF podcast. How you doing? Those are our special sound effects that we paid lots of money for. <laughs> yeah, we need, obviously needed a new producer. <laughs> AKA us, what? Uh, AKA us doing our thing. (laughs) Um, So I, um, first off, I just want to say thank you to all the folks that have sent us emails and um, liked and put in comments about the podcast and maybe have shared with a friend or multiple friends. Thank you so much. If you would like, we would love for you to follow our podcast on Apple, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, We're on all of them. Um, and I would also, if you have more questions, you have other things that come up, we're at info at inclusiveafpodcast.com. So that's my little spiel to open us up, but Jackie, I would like to ask you, what are we talking about today? My friend? I'm fired up. Everybody's in trouble. So you could just turn it down just a little bit right now in case I get loud, but (laughs) Today, we are going to talk about the drama at ESPN with Rachel Nichols and I almost forgot Maria's Maria Taylor, Maria Taylor. And it's so easy Um, on ESPN. You want to give everybody the lowdown on what happened this week? Um, Yes, but I'm going to say something before that. I don't think this is a controversy between the two of them, which is what has been how this has evolved. I think this is Maria Nichols saying something she shouldn't. So, um, Maria Nichols, who is a sideline reporter and has been for the NBA finals was, um, on a phone call about a year ago with a man who is actually, and I don't, this, I don't think is really relevant, but he also helps LeBron James. And so he's like someone who gives advice to folks in the media, etc. So, um, they're on a phone call and she is recorded saying basically that she, um, doesn't think that Maria Taylor should be given the role of one of the broadcasts that was going on around the NBA finals. And, and the reasoning was basically like, you're just doing it because of, you want someone diverse because of ESPN's historical horribleness around diversity. I don't think horribleness is a word, but today it is. Come on now. (laughs) You're supposed to be my friend. Um, (laughs) Just go with the words I make up. It's perfect. But anyways, so now it's evolved into this whole thing. Um, But uh, Aaron Nichols. Oh, See, no, there's just where, more context. I was there's like, there's, yeah, I'm so gonna, much more. Context Jackie is fired up. So I'm going to go ahead and just sit <laughs> back and relax for the rest of this episode. So <laughs> like the thing was, is that it wasn't accurate. Like initially it came out like on TMZ sports. I don't know if they're the ones who got it. And they were like, oh, she got fired from the, from um, the sideline gig. That's what came out initially. But ESPN. So the thing is, ESPN's contract was about to expire. Number one, like within weeks, according to Sports Illustrated, which is a little bit more reputable than TMZ. And 
So ESPN started panicking and they knew about the situation over a year ago, but they had to say something because TMZ linked it right in response to it. And what she really, what they really leaked was in my guesstimation, the issue that ESPN has internally with their, you know, who, who they're employing, how they're employing, why they're employing all of the different things within ESPN. And what was so horrible was that, you know, there were so many things. They put this, these two women pitted them against each other as if those are the only two roles at ESPN mm-hmm. for women and or basketball. Right. Right. And, and if you read the quote, um, and I know there's more to the conversation. So I think we're missing some pieces and, you know, Jackie, you mentioned this before we jumped on the recording that there's more context clearly to this conversation, but we just got that snippet and the whole piece there that's frustrating slash annoying is basically what she's saying is like, Hey, don't replace me, replace someone else. Like we're two women and we need more female representation, more, you know, women of color. And I'm now putting words in her mouth, but she's basically, she's saying, you know, I'm not the one go find someone else that she can take over different things for. And so it just, it's interesting that again, this is how it's been now interpreted and ESPN, I think, and well, and I'm, I shouldn't show my cards this early, but I am going to (laughs) say ESPN is at fault here to be very clear. Well, I mean, I think there's a lot of, you know, things, and we look at this, we talk about systems and all of this being something Mm -hmm. historically that's been going on for a long time. And I think the biggest mistake that organizations make is by not owning it and just being transparent and just saying, I mean, because this is what people don't want to say that they should say. We haven't talked to Maria and given her a promotion because, you know, you were there and we only have room for one woman in basketball at ESPN. Like, just say it. That's what you think internally, because they could have said, you know, why don't we do every they could have round robin. They could have said, oh, you get the show and she gets the whatever. They could have said, we're going to take this dude off and then put this other woman here. There's a million places that they could add to the diversity. And then when you want to add someone that's diverse, people are like, that's my job. Wait. And it's like, wait. The one thing that makes me frustrated are people taking anything out on Maria, which she was a, just a victim on all sides, had nothing to do with the decision that ESPN made, with the comments that what, what's her face made, because apparently contractually that it was getting canceled, but contractually there was something that she was told that she was promised that she wasn't going to be able to receive. And it's just, it's frustrating when they're like, oh, I understand what she's saying for some organizations. And I think it's important that we pull out the difference between um, like a figurehead and, and, or someone being tokenized or someone being promoted. I think people don't understand those situations either, even though there's, there's a really fine line. I think it's a delicate balance. Um, You know, like if I was hired for a swim coach because they needed a black swim coach and everyone was going to die because I don't know how to swim. So that would have been completely worthless. That's me feeling tokenized. If I was qualified to do it and they gave me the opportunity to be able to do it and they haven't done it before and they're trying to make spaces, but they're not owning any of the conversation. 
No. And I guess that's the, the piece that is, I agree with you wholeheartedly. The most frustrating is Maria Taylor has a phenomenal resume of what she has done in regards to, you know, sport, sports casting, sports castering. I like it. And, <laughs> and so I, it's also, and this is what I think is the most frustrating in any type of recruiting or any organization. When you tokenize someone who a you're now putting on that person that they need to be the best and be amazing and be all these things, which Maria Taylor will be. But there's also the whole like undercurrent of you just got hired because of X. And also you're not as good as whoever, and that's not the case. And, you know, I think Maria's going to do a phenomenal job of all, I mean, she's already been doing stuff with the, the, this latest series go sons, by the way. Um, and so I think there's, it just is so odd to me that this is the, 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 and I shouldn't say it's odd. This is a perfect example of what we see happen so often is that the person of color is brought into a role and it literally is, even if it's not a token, Hey, a token hire, a token position, whatever it might be, they are tokenizing it from an external viewpoint. And, and it's like, no, like she's good at what she does and she should be having these conversations. She should be the one representing. And that's not to take away anything from Aaron. Um, Aaron also does like one of the, you know, responses on Twitter was something like, like, we love both of these women for what they do. They're really good at what they do. And the fact that they're being, you know, kind of put against each other versus no, make more space and give more opportunities to women because FYI, they actually do know sports and they love sports. I'm not so much in that world, but if we can have more women at the table, again, it's just going to better the conversation and different things will be asked that maybe have not been asked in the past. Well, and it also puts in the context, you know, where you go with some of the information that is there. And what the information that you've got, I'll put a link in the chat that has the full conversation, right? It has all of the tape of, of Rachel Nichols. There were some other things on there that didn't quite sound really good in regards to other people, which is, you know, LeBron's representative spokesholder or whatever um, said that was that was really problematic that could have had a real convert where we could have had a real conversation. Um, and the problem is then you have people reacting and making it more difficult without getting the information. I mean, this is why, I mean, this is why we hear everyone talking about the news as well, you know, about them not giving the full story. I mean, they gave snippets, obviously they get put the recording out there, but without having all of the information we can only speculate. I mean, we're, we're guessing in just because of what the, we know the facts are, but when you listened to the whole conversation and you don't know, it's like, there's so many things that are important. And, and uh, we talked about this before I saw it. I didn't see it on CBS or anything first. I saw it on the black news network first. Um, and one of the co-anchors, was like, 
you know, had all those years at ESPN and talked about other people that had issues, but you didn't hear about that, like on CBS or on mm-hmm. TMZ, you didn't get any context, you know, and, and it's one of those things where, sure, if ESPN could be performative, understood that, but when you're turning it into trying to make it a national issue and put people against each other, when it really ESPN should be taking responsibility for not promoting more women and more black women at that. And say, you know, we goofed and we're trying to make those opportunities right. And this is what we're going to be doing for this person. This is what we're going to be doing for this person and putting out the benchmark and how many people you're going to hire and, you know, to put things in context, because I think, I think monsters live in the dark. And so when you start Mm -hmm. doing this on, and you haven't made a declaration that we're trying to support diversity and inclusion. And these are the things that we're going to be doing. And these are the things you can look for in the next couple of weeks, months, years. Mm-hmm. Um, then people get scared. And it's like, it's like people pick sides like in prison. Like it, all right. of a sudden it's like white side, Mexican side, black side. Like it just all of a sudden turns into that at these organizations. And I think we're seeing it all over the country. You might be surprised to know that not all serial killers are straight, cisgender white men. And the victims of true crime are not a monolith either. She's Wendy and I'm Beth. And together we host Fruit Loops Serial Killers of Color, a true crime podcast. Together we take deep dives into the true crime stories about marginalized and minoritized perps and victims that often go untold. We also provide the context and nuance that these stories deserve. At Fruit Loops, we're serving up true crime with a side of history, society, culture, and some fun. Listen to Fruit Loop Serial Killers of Color on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. And I think, um, so the person that you're referring to, I think is Mike Hill, who yes, did sorry. The, the interviews on the <laughs> Black News Network. AKA, the, what's his face? That guy, whatever his name is. <laughs> yeah. Same guy. Um, no, I actually would call him uh, Cynthia Bailey's husband because I'm a real housewife of Potomac. So <laughs> let's talk about that for a minute. No. Um, so here's the other piece that I would say is that, you know, you had Mike Hill come on and he shared like, here are some of the things that have occurred at ESPN that maybe you don't know about. And so I agree with you, the, the news on the Black News Network and the, the part that they put on and had the conversation I think was great. And they've done a a follow-up conversation as well, where it is just a, here's the parts that maybe people don't know. And let's give that context because that will actually shed light on, on what ESPN has done in the past and how hellish they have made it for people of color to work at ESPN. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, when you start to kind of go down the line of who has been a broadcaster for ESPN, it's sparse and not long-term. I think Stuart Scott is like the longest running person at ESPN. And obviously he passed away a few years ago. Um, But yeah, so it's just a, I want to have a conversation about representation and the fact that it's also, you are looking at who is actually speaking who is actually showing up and, and also the whole idea they've had historically of having these dudes as sportscasters that haven't played a day of sports in their life. And, and then you have other folks like you're saying, and well, we just, you know, we're, we're checking out Maria Taylor's uh, profile and 
She got a full ride scholarship to play basketball for who yeah, was it for volleyball and basketball at was it? I have it up. Mm-hmm. I can pull it up. University of Georgia. Yeah, that one. That one. And so, <laughs> sorry, I'm clicking back and forth. No, to she got that full scholarship. Um, yeah. She was athlete of the year, MVP of her volleyball team, um, all state as a senior. I mean, like big stuff. Um, she right. ranked the fourth all-time program history in career kills with 1,729, what is it, points in volleyball? Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, fourth at all-time points. She had 2,020 points, fourth collegiately um, total for her for her in volleyball. But let me tell you, let me tell you something else. This is something, this is a privilege. Tell this is me. like white privilege, privilege and a, a privilege that like black people are not afforded in this particular situation. Because the other thing that's happening that people aren't addressed is that there, it is it is igniting people and getting people upset where there isn't, where we're talking about a history of having trauma and discrimination in a situation that they could have fixed. And the way that you present that situation, how that makes somebody else feel. And so then I'm sick of people telling things disjointed to cause a reaction. Mm-hmm. I don't need that. And I'm just sick of, there were so many things that go on and you're like, there were so many things that happened last week. And I just, I just laughed because I, I compare Black News Network to like MSNBC and CNN, like who's reporting what? Um, information. And, but I hate it. I was talking to my therapist specifically about it. Like I, I see things like that. And then what happens is I feel it like last week Mm -hmm. when the Olympics was like, Oh, we're not going to let them use the Afro cap or any big caps that hold like curly hair and black people's hair. We're not going to let it use it. Like, I don't even, I don't have hair Mm -hmm. and I'm angry about it. Right. Because of the secondary trauma of just being sick of being on guard. It's the same thing that a lot of us felt when they changed the administration and people were like, oh, I, I felt so uptight. And then it's like, I feel like that every day. Mm-hmm. And I know other black women that feel like that every day. And it's like, I'm just sick of people presenting it like that because it they didn't have to be presented like that. It could have been presented in a different way. Mm-hmm. And, it, I, and I, I get angry about it because on every one of these cases, every time they put this stuff on the news, then they'll ask some other black woman to tell the story to the white public to be like, oh, look, see, if you want to talk about tokenism, then talk about how they got that lady on CBS to all of a sudden talk about the trauma that was experienced by this other black woman who hasn't made a statement over at ESPN and make her tell the story without having the, all of the information for her job. If she wants to be on camera, she gets to be on camera because something happened to another black person. And then she has to live through secondary trauma and then give it to other people. And it's gross. Well, and I think we can, it, it reminds me, or it, it kind of is similar to a few years ago when Serena Williams got fined and got all kinds of, uh, it was just a PR nightmare for her, I think, uh, around her expressing her anger about a call that was made by a referee during a tennis match. Mm -hmm. And it was like, oh, you know, angry black woman, there you are, you know, that's the whole deal. And then people started like comparing it to John McEnroe and some of the videos that they have of him just losing his mind 
on the court. And it was like, so wait a minute, like, why is this not, why can't she have an emotional reaction? John McEnroe was able, and there are so many others I'm using John McEnroe because I think he's probably the most well-known example of acting out. Um, But you, you are in a highly competitive sport. And of course you're going to react and have emotions around that if you feel like something isn't right. But it also is, I, I saw something on, it wasn't on, it was like on TikTok or Insta or whatever. And it was Simone Biles basically saying, you know, the reason why I'm, <clears throat> I get called out or I get underscored or whatever it might be is they are sick of me always being the winner. Right. And it's so true because it's like the stuff that she is being, you know, dinged for, you know, point wise and some of these other things, it's like, she has moves named after her that other people can't do. And so, yes, she is the best. And so quit trying to screw around and make it like, she's not the best. And basically I'm so of the opinion, like you want the highest bar, you want the best of the best. So the rest of us can rise up and get even better. And I think this is also one of those situations going back to the whole issue with Maria Taylor and, and Aaron Nichols of the, you know, reaching hand back behind you and bringing up the next person and thinking about that. And how are you doing that? And how are you making a difference if you have that microphone or you have that position or whatever it might be versus, but I, I, I do. And again, I have not learned, listened to the whole recording. And if there are other things that are said that are problematic, then you know, I might shift my view. I agree with Aaron in that. Why does it have to be me that's being replaced versus some of these dudes that have been doing this for a million years that no one really wants to hear from anymore? Like we are changing, we are evolving. It's 2021 and let's pick the best person, not the whitest person. Anything else that you want to talk about on this topic? Because if not, I want to shift to something to a little closer to home. Ooh, is there something close to home? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I love that you just asked that question because you're the you're at the center of this one. So, oh, um, do I make you feel like home? That's sweet. Of course. But anything <laughs> else on Maria Taylor uh, being an amazing, amazing sportscaster? Anything well, else you need to talk of, about about that? Just- only because it just makes me think about women doing this at work. This is a part of the reason and some of the stigma that has to do when there's only one woman in the top when you're in an executive role, right? Like literally I worked at a company and I was in a, in a leadership role and it wasn't until I left until they gave another woman a leadership role and, and gave her half my title. Like- what? But Jackie, what? we can only have one. Why couldn't you, why couldn't you like be original or do right. something like give her something on, on the merit and let her, you know, take those other things and, and promote her. If she, you can promote some, but you can have more than one woman in that space. But then women start jockeying for position and you see it all the time. Right. Right. I mean, I'm just at this point, you know, I'll, I I'm just too tired. I to did have, like when I had, um, one of the teams that I led, I had a very diverse team and, um, I shouldn't say that they were all women cause it's HR and that's part of the deal in HR is there's a lot of women, but it was all very diverse women. 
And there was one woman who was a white woman. And when she was let go, she was very upset because she felt she was let go because she was white. And I'm like, no, you're just not good. Did you say that? Of course not. But I was thinking it in my head. Okay. And now they're going to know because I just said it on our podcast. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure they're listening every day since you I'm the person sure. that let them go. Yes. Since yeah. they love me the most, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyways, shifting gears. This past week, you posted something on LinkedIn, which I thought was a very... Um, thoughtful question and kind of a thoughtful not, not comment. <laughs> no, like I thought it was really, really good. And, and, no. and I actually, it's, I read it and it was one of those things that I read. And then I was like, you know, running in 20 different directions, distracted by lizards on my patio and things along those lines. So, <laughs> you know, the monkey that walks past it's constantly. Yeah. Um, but basically you were saying like, Hey, if you're reaching out to underrepresented candidates, they are also historically ignored. I'm actually just going to read what you posted, if that's okay. Yep. Today, as you reach out to underrepresented candidates, remember that underrepresented could also be swapped to historically ignored, underserved, unrespected, underestimated, and untapped. Be different in your approach, be better. So you were talking, you know, the direction was really at talent acquisition folks and people that do recruiting. And my question to you is how did folks respond? Well, most, most people were thoughtful in their response, but there's one response where someone decided to use that as a platform to say that some black person did something mean to her when she reached out. Yeah. This one time. And there's so much, I'm so, I, I can't even do it. Like I'm just, fired up about it because she posted she posted the single rudest response I ever received in LinkedIn was by a black woman that I asked a question of recently like that's how she started I wasn't even talking about I didn't say when you're talking about black people I didn't say that and so she said that the response was she called her a Karen and she had no interest in dealing with a white recruiter which I doubt because she says she works for a fang company, which is Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google. And I don't remember what the other A is. Oh, yeah. Airbnb, which those aren't on the list anymore, but you know, we'll keep them for intents and purposes. Um, and she shared her message with her, her black friends and they were appalled. I'm, I'm going to respond. I don't care what you say. I'm going to say, how many black friends do you have, Kristen? Well, that's what I think is great is, I asked my black friends and they said it was fine. Or they said that was ridiculous, but here's the thing. I don't want to give any airtime to this person, but what I will say is I, I think we can all come up for with examples of times that people maybe didn't react or didn't respond the way we thought they should, but it's also people are allowed to react however they want. And people are allowed to respond to you in whatever they, they want. If, I would, I'm curious to hear what, or know what she actually said to that person. 
Cause I, I, and no, I know that I'm not. all about believing people, but I feel like <laughs> what was actually said to this person? Cause is someone really going to come out of the gate and be like, you're a Karen for no reason. Or was there more to this story that we're not quite getting? That's what I think is true, but it's also the, you're literally saying, Hey, acknowledge people acknowledge what they've gone through, acknowledge and have empathy. And this person said, well, this one time a black person was mean to me. Yeah. That's where you went. <laughs> like what? It's so, I, I just don't understand that response. Like what then, you know, you know I'm going to respond. Interesting. Tell me more about that. <laughs> say more words. Yeah. Say more. Dig Can I say that? <laughs> oh, that's and, interesting. And Tell me more about that situation and how that affected you. I'd love to and hear how more. hard that was for you. Oh, um, that must've been so sad for you. Or I should just put bless you. Yes. Yes, you should. See, this is um, why people don't want people to bring their whole selves to work because if I, I, I can't No. If, you, if I was at my whole self at work, it would be very long and lengthy with mm -hmm. probably some expletives in this particular situation, or it just, it really, my whole response is get off my lawn. Yes. Really. But I also would say, here's my thing. I always like when someone responds in a certain way, I don't even like read the words. I mean, I do read the words, but it, it's more of a, what's going on with that person that that is the response they would give. And so why is she responding to this post? It's basically, Hey, acknowledge humans for being humans and what they've gone through. And that was her response. But also if someone re did respond to her that way, when she reached out about an open position, maybe that person was having a bad day. Maybe that person had other stuff going on. And, and I think this is also just a piece of like the whole COVID story is okay. We shut down the world. We had everything put on so many women that we know just historically women do a lot of the home making skills, um, whatever you want to, you know, home management work. And then on top of that, you're going to also deal with some murders that absolutely impacted every American, not, you know, I mean, every single person was impacted, but it was extreme for any person of color. You have Asian hate crimes going on. You have all of these different things. And so it's also the, we are all exhausted. And I'm speaking for myself here. Like I'm tired. I want to sit in a corner quietly and read a book and not do anything. But then I also step back and acknowledge this is a point in time for a person of color this is every single day since birth. And so I think that's the other piece that people don't really acknowledge or think about is, you know, maybe you were trying to be helpful by reaching out to someone who is a person of color to say, Hey, do you know anyone for this role? Or maybe to recruit them, whatever it might be, but your approach or whatever you did, maybe at that day, at that point in time, that person wasn't ready for that conversation. It wasn't ready for a white woman reaching out to say, hey, do you know anybody? We are gathered here today to give you permission to plan the wedding that you want. 
I'm Jessica Bishop. And I'm Sari Wienerman. And we're the hosts of the Bouquet Toss podcast. Today's couples have to juggle so many things, from family expectations to outdated traditions and what's currently trending. So to make it easier, we're going deep to figure out why we do weddings the way that we do, so you can decide what to keep and what to toss from your wedding day plans. You are cordially invited to subscribe to The Bouquet Toss wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcast.com. By the power vested in us, we pronounce you free to plan your day your way. Because well, I also think any recruiter would, it wasn't ready for anyone since she does work at one of the big six to ask if she wants to go work at a startup because she was a black woman and she was looking for black people. That's like stupid anyway. Like mm-hmm. you're going to have to have a different approach. And I can tell you one thing that has been very interesting in, in working with people in their outreach is it's so wrong. Like literally some of some people, you know how we're like, oh, you don't have any black friends, like not one black friend. Like literally some people, you can tell by the response, they don't. Right. They really don't. And or if, I, they, if like, they do, it's literally one person that they maybe know a little bit. They'd say hi to in the hall, but not they're not going and hanging out with them every well, weekend. The Karen on my LinkedIn post doesn't because if she did, they would have told her, don't say anything to her because you're just going to make it a, a bad situation worse. Mm-hmm. That's how right. I know. Right. I just I I, I have this. Yeah. We will send you thoughts and prayers, Karen. Um, her name isn't Karen. But we're it's not going to share her name. So, hey, 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 in what? fairness, there's more than no. one Kristen. I understand, but we've given a lot of other breadcrumbs. So, we might want to just leave this alone. <laughs> so, anyways, <laughs> I'm too nice. Um, I'm, hey, it, didn't, it happened to me. It, she put it on full public blast. So, That's she true. wants people to. She, That's not why I'm yeah. saying don't say her name. I'm saying don't say her name. Don't give her airtime. Oh. Um, she's not important enough. Um, but I, I guess the acknowledgement of people that we're in a really hard time and I am actually, I'm doing a, a panel in a few weeks and we're going to dig in on the exhaustion that DEI consultants, people doing DEI work in companies, all of the people that are doing this work the exhaustion of just constantly having to defend and ask and plead and beg for money, all of these different things and how that actually impacts a human being. And as we know, most of the folks doing this work are people of color. Well, and do so, you feel bad? Because this week I had a white woman respond to me on my LinkedIn post. So right. <laughs> it was the rudest thing that's ever been posted. So right. my life is that much worse than everybody else's, <laughs> just so you know. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's funny. It's fun. It's not funny. It's like, like you said, yeah, I've been black my whole life. Like, oh, really? One time? That's usually my generic response in the street when people say, oh, this thing happened to me. And I'm like, really? Tell me more about that one time that happened to you. Like, I'll tell you what happened while I was at Publix yesterday, you know, like, right. I don't think I, I think especially as people see people, they get to know people, they think professionally, they might see somebody in a certain way that they haven't had their own bias checks. So they'll say, oh, these things wouldn't happen to you. Don't realize it happens to all of us. It doesn't matter when we're in the street. Nobody says, 
oh, that's, you know, Jackie, diversity influencer. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> she's she's a, one of the good ones. I'm going to say that be... every time I see you in public from moving <laughs> I forward. I am going to put that on my name tag. I think I'm going to get it per permanently tattooed so no one uh, forgets that. But nobody says Better recognize like that. people. Jackie's coming. <laughs> but it's just like, why? That's why I was like, Katie, why? Why did she do that? I want you to talk for all white people right now. Like, I... I... <laughs> What is I don't it? want to be, I don't want to be like <laughs> lumped in with her. So I'm like okay. struggling with this, but also here's what I'm going to say. Yeah. It's also this, um, again, I I'm wondering what her approach was because it's also, so your job as a recruiter, were you asking her for friends that she knows that are black to come do this work at a startup? <laughs> and if that's the case, then again, you're going, Hey, black woman, can you do my black? job for me? Yeah. And, and also you're black, so you must know other black people. Right. I just, <laughs> <laughs> oh, white people, I love you <laughs> so much. Um, like, but I, it, again, and I'm, I have the post up right now because I, I am going to also balance it with the other folks that commented on this were thoughtful in their approach. We're like, yes, that, that is the case. We need to mm -hmm. actually consider the whole person and what they're going through. And it actually, her story is kind of interesting to me now that I'm like kind of thinking through this as we're talking. It's also the, the example that you're giving is actually like exactly what Jackie is saying. Right. What Jackie is saying is make sure you're thinking about the whole person as you're approaching them, as you're thinking about different things. <laughs> and clearly I just the respond. way that you, Did you respond to her like this. Under right. like under did yeah, but like did she did know. you did we um <laughs> I, but the thing the hmm. thing is is like I wish that I could tell you her response was rare. You no, know exactly. No, it's like, not yeah. I can tell I can I could not count on one hand or two hands, two hands, two feet, four hands, eight feet, where somebody came up to me and was like, I went to a black church yesterday. And it was really uncomfortable. <laughs> and it's like, I've been to a black church all my life. Wow, it is in it. It's just so uncomfortable. <laughs> like, what are you talking? What are you talking about? I was the only white person there. It's like I was the only black person, you know, at freaking Home Depot yesterday. Like, what are you talking about? Well, it's this is it's funny that you say it because I was uh, leading a women's group through some activities a few weeks ago. And they're like one of their HR folks who was a man was in the room when we first started, like to do the, like the kickoff, whatever. And then he's like, oh, I got to get out of here. You know, this is clearly I shouldn't be here or something like that. And I and I wanted to say, no, actually, I'd like you to sit down and listen to this. But also it was like, oh, so you're uncomfortable because the room full of women in manufacturing like. You know, like women, that's what I used to say when I ran what? witty, people would say, oh, are men allowed? I was like, you don't have to be a woman. You just have to like women. Like you can't right. come as an active, like to hater. be a hater. Like that's no, that's anybody can come that's just like anybody can watch the black news network. It's on cable. Do your best. Um, you know what? Actually, that is we will put the link for the what is her name? The newscaster that was um, 
I'm going to forget on the name, black but... news channel or, yes. or Maria black news network. Oh, news network. her name. Um, <laughs> cause she's really good. I it, it's actually, she it's interesting a, to see cold like, last week. Oh, I know. And that was slightly distracting, but it's okay. She was very, very good. Um, but I want to, I think these conversations need to occur. And also things like the black news network, mm-hmm. people need to be watching and listening to, and we have such biased news. And so it's also like, I, I'm a person that I'm like, I don't support any of the news media and like, I'll go and listen to certain things just to understand. But I'm also someone that, you know, I, we talked about the CBS, you know, sports cast on, or, uh, story on this issue, which was totally weird and like, didn't make any sense, but I think it is like getting new sources that are different because you get a different story every time from, you know, whichever channel you're listening to. So, well, it's um, it's Sharon and Mike it's, it's, you start your your day with Sharon and Mike. Um, it is Mike Hill and Sharon Reed. Aaron Reed, thank you. Yeah. Um, the other thing that's really funny, and I can just say this, so it's it's written by um black people, it's produced by black people specifically, and I have found it. I have been this past week, you know, anybody who follows me on Twitter and 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 poor Katie, I'd be like, Did you hear about this today? Did you hear about this today? And it's like um, so like this past week, uh, there was launch and I guess it launched this summer. There's a, it's the first bread company that is owned by, um, black men ever of all time, ever just launched. Right. Um, and yesterday, um, in this past weekend, whenever you hear this, I, um, went online, there was a fashion show. And the guy who had the fashion show was like, um, was did Paris week fashion week, but he did this fashion show at, um, Madam CJ Walker's house, who was the first black woman millionaire did it at her house. And his, his outfits that he did for the fashion show was, um, tied into black, all black inventors. It was at first I was like, that girl just walked out like a peanut butter jar. And I was like, Oh, wait, 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 wait black person invented peanut butter so like so there were other things where there was a dress underneath and a costume on top mm-hmm. but they were all representing and they had um an all-black orchestra and they had all these things and and it's like you're saying it's the representation that matters that you're not used to seeing and when you start seeing things you're like i didn't know this was possible yeah. and you don't you realize how much that you haven't seen when you start seeing it right well, I think it's also when we talk about the spelling bee and oh I'm yeah, gonna, the spelling bee. I don't know how to I don't know how to pronounce it. Sela, I think it's Sela Avant Garde, um, who just won the Scripps um be- spelling bee. Um yep. and, and here's the thing that I I you know they there has been a little bit of a conversation because everyone was reporting that it was the first black person to win this the Scripps spelling bee. And I was like, no, 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 it's the first African-American to win. And even that, like, it's the, this is the next generation coming up where little girls are going to go, oh my God, I can be like her. Oh gosh, I can do this too. And she but also, also like, she wears, a, she's like, she can ride a, a unicycle and dribble basketball. She's like known for being one of the top basketball players in the yes. 
Yes. Well, and that like it's it is so interesting because it is the there are so much more to so many of these folks. And like she is a great example. Like you see her as okay, well, she's a spelling bee champ. And but also she's a basketball phenom and she's also all of these other things. And then she did mention in one of the um one of the news articles was basically about like her role model and like who she looks up to. And it was this other black woman, uh, Magnolia Cox. And like, it is that whole concept of you, if you can see it, you can be it. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that people just continue to forget that, continue to disregard how much representation matters and why this is such a big deal. And it's representation across the board. You see a black woman doing the sideline newscasting for the NBA finals. You're like, oh, okay, I could be that too. If you're a little girl watching that, you know, you you can look up to these folks that are coming into these roles and doing a great job and go, oh, I can do that too. I can but be this, that. Discrimination person. goes across the line too. Oh. And people don't realize that. You're like muted. you're muted. I'm muted. We're muted. Jackie is on mute. She's decided she I can hear myself. The rest of the podcast today. So um, yeah, I can hear myself. I, I don't know what know, she's doing. She keeps talking to me, but I can't hear her. Why? <clears throat> so I'm just going to actually, I'll just like take over the podcast and say some really banana stuff. Um, you can't just take so over. So the other um, piece <laughs> that I think we need to talk about at some point once <laughs> Jackie comes back to us. Um, also need to just talk about the fact that we are um, in this in 2021, looking at some of the things that are happening. We talked about the executive order that Biden signed around um, diversity, equity, inclusion, accessibility. But I think the other piece that we're hopefully going to see coming soon is, you know, some top down responses that other organizations need to be doing this work. And so, you know, they're like EEOC reporting and some of the other things that will be happening soon, I'm assuming um, that will really help us also just understand the data, understand a little bit more. And we've talked about data quite a bit in other episodes, but, um, you know, it's definitely something that we want to continue talking about. So Jackie, are you back with us yet? I don't know. I didn't know nothing changed the last time. She is not. I don't know what's going so. <clears throat> With that, I, I think I'm going to close this out and then we'll pick this back up in the next episode. Um, not sure exactly what's going on, but we will I don't you know, know. technical difficulties. If anyone has been on Zoom or any other technology in the past year and a half, what we have learned is that technology sometimes just likes to you know, stop working and be, be like that. So thank you for listening. This is the Inclusive AF Podcast. I'm Katie Van Horn. And the silent person on this call (laughs) is Jackie Clayton, my amazing co-host who doesn't want to speak on a podcast. So that's working out well. All right. Thanks so much for joining us. And we will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, 
thought leaders and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.